Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We have uh, all been touched by the, I I say, the courage of the Williams family um, since February 25th of 2013. When uh, Eric Williams, who was working in the U.S. penitentiary at Keenan, was killed by a gang assassin named Jesse Conwee. It was a, a brutal killing, and the Williams family was stunned. The community was stunned, and, and they waited a long time. Can you imagine in your own life waiting four years for justice? And then the conclusion was not satisfactory to many, as there was a lone holdout on the jury, and Jesse Conwee was sentenced to life in prison but a lot of people feel that that's kind of hollow because he had already been sentenced to life in prison. Don Williams is the father of Eric Williams and a true pillar of strength. Hi, Don. Hi. How are you doing, Sue? I'm doing well, Don. I am, again, I apologize uh, for this loss. And it's just, I'm so sorry for your family because I think the world of you guys. I, I really appreciate that, Sue. And I know you have always been very supportive of everything we've been doing. So thank you very much. Well, I just admire somebody who, in their darkest time, like yourself and and also your family, has the strength and courage to uh, look out for future corrections officers. And I know you've worked diligently to change things. And and I do want to talk about maybe what we can do together in the future to support and help you. But uh, I can't help but ask you to reflect on uh, that moment in court on Monday um, and your your terrible disappointment yeah i i mean i have to say that uh, i was uh honestly shocked and uh in disbelief i mean the uh, the gravity of you know this uh, this crime against my son was was so great and and not only did he murder him, but he mutilated him and everything. And, and I, I watched the faces of anybody who heard about it, and, and they just, you know, were appalled. And, I, and I'm appalled at the sentence. So <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it. You and your family attended this trial day in and day out. Did you attend the jury selection? We, we went... Um, a few times it was uh you know it was a, a rather repetitious yeah. process uh, drawn out and uh, uh you know we had no input or uh, so forth so we went to see i guess out of uh, just curiosity how it uh, uh how it took place so that we have some perspective and understanding of it but i, I didn't attend every single day no because a lot of people don and and since i i, I regret i wasn't there but a lot of people have questions about how the uh, the four women of the jury actually got on the jury in the first place, uh, and we, we we'd like to know. And if you know the answer, we'd love to know. 
Was there a question in the questionnaire about family members who were incarcerated? I don't know, and I'm trying to find that out myself, Sue, whether there was a, a question specific to that. Um, I, I think perhaps there may have been uh, a, a question that, that uh, at least relates to do they have any ties to the uh, penal system in some way. Uh, so I do believe there might have been something there about that. Uh, but I can't confirm that for sure. And we know that lawyers uh, on both sides have the option to to choose or strike a juror. So it, it's not um, impossible that the the prosecution may or, or may not have known. We don't know. And I'd, I'd love to know if you do find out. Um, because yeah. a lot of people are curious about that because they... It seems to be what uh, what kept her from voting for the death sentence is that one of her children was or is incarcerated. Yeah, um, and that's what she told the other jurors, uh, that that was her reason. And, you know, and later on she said something about uh, she felt she was appointed to, to be there by God. So... Um, it's truthfully, it, it, my take on it, too, uh, is that uh, this juror did not have the same agenda as the other 11. Uh, I, I don't think she was uh, personally focused on arriving at a, at a just verdict, but I think she was, you know, caught up in her own concerns about her own personal agenda, you know, having to do with her, her own personal baggage. I, I, I really, in, in watching her, and I, you know, I had a long time to watch the jury uh, and their reactions to things. And, and this woman uh, just just didn't strike me as somebody who was present to the proceedings. She was there, but not present, uh, which, you know, concerned. My wife picked it up very quickly, uh, quicker than I did, and, and kind of pointed it out to me. So I'm not sure we weren't left to all of us sit there uh, for weeks on end and go through a grueling torture uh, while someone looked on and, and just had already made up their mind that I'm, I'm not going to let this happen, and, uh, which, yeah. which that's unconscionable. <laughs> and I would think that based on what, in the, these, these trials I know are, are they're, they're long, they are, they're filled with explanations of, of mm -hmm. what jurors should do and what they shouldn't do. And even right. in the instructions, I, I would believe that the judge must have said to put any kind of personal feelings aside and, and focus on just this. Yes. Hey, I, I mean, in instructions to the jury, you know, you're told to put any of your own personal assessments aside and, and then you take a vow to carry out the, the, the mandates of the court. And... Uh, and, and this woman obviously took that vow. Uh, and then my question was, is there any recourse to that? If she's going to turn around and say, well, I can't do this or I don't want to do this and, and so forth. Uh, I think there is a hold harmless clause. And this is something else I'm trying to find out, you know, but I, I've heard from pe people who've been in the system that uh, there's a home, hold harmless clause on that uh questionnaire that may take away any any pushback that if you, if you don't do something right or you omit information or misrepresent yourself, there's nothing you can do about it. So I don't know if that's true, but it, it seems to me it is. 
they, we know there's a, a woman who has started a petition on change.org, and she would like to see uh, the the outcome, obviously, different in the future, but we're, we're wondering if it's even possible. I mean, she would like to see uh, an automatic death sentence if um, mm-hmm. somebody is, if a corrections officer or a law enforcement officer is killed, murdered, I mean, I think her her heart's in the right place, but I don't know if that's a possibility. Here, here's the way I look at that, um, Sue. The woman, uh, may I say her name? Sure. Yeah, Ann Russell, who I, I don't know uh, personally at all. Um, but I started this petition um, trying to make it an automatic death sentence if you kill a law enforcement officer. Well, first of all, I have a lot of gratitude uh for Ann and, you know, all the people who signed the petition uh, to make legislators aware is there's a question of constitutionality, obviously, uh, that something of that nature would probably not fit within the Constitution. I don't know. Uh, here's, here's what makes me happy about that, though. I think that any kind of petition of that nature will start a dialogue uh, with our legislators about sentencing reform, and I think such a dialogue needs to start to take place. So, will this petition have an impact? Uh, I believe it will. Will it come out exactly the way it's written? I, again, I think there's a constitutionality issue there that, you know, certainly we can't have a death um, sentence handed down by anything other than a jury. Uh, you know, according to to our Constitution, at least the way I understand it. But again, in, in the spirit of the, the petition, I think it will start some dialogue. And uh, for that, I'm extremely grateful. So. Yeah, and, and I am too, and I, I think you're right. The, this issue obviously has been reported across the country, Don, and I'm just wondering... Um, you know, what that's meant for you. And I know you've done some work to already uh, improve conditions for corrections officers inside facilities. And I know you uh, worked very, very hard to get them to the point where they could protect themselves with pepper spray. And a lot of people think that that is, uh, it, it seems like a no-brainer, right? But I guess right. the, the, they were very worried about an inmate seizing the pepper spray and Right. You know, uh, doing harm to an officer. Right. Um, right. But you worked, you you pounded the pavement in Washington, D.C., and you didn't take no for an answer on that one. And I'm really, really proud of you for doing that. What else would you like to see as a, a change that comes out of this terrible situation but is positive for the men and women who walk the block every day? Well, a couple of things. Number one, is disappointed and upset that I was, I, I, I'm still resolved to continue, you know, with this group I started, Voices of Joe, to look for, uh, you know, safety f- for the corrections officers. And, you know, certainly now that we've had a an inmate uh, walk away having killed a corrections officer uh, and literally, you know, for all intents and purposes, getting away with it, uh, that's going to resonate through the whole uh Bureau of Prisons inmates uh, that, you know, if you're doing life and you, you kill a corrections officer, there's not a whole lot to worry about. And and so now we've gone and painted a target on them. So 
so this work I'm trying to do for to promote safety for the corrections officers actually uh, has been ramped up by this. Uh, we're even having a uh, round table next week uh, up in Lackawanna County uh, that will be attended by representatives of, of federal, state, county legislators, uh, different unions and stuff like that to go after because there, there's, there's a multitude of things. Uh, you know, things like man-down radios that have been paid for by people's tax-paying money that have not still been put to the system. Uh, something like that could have saved my son's life. So there's an awful lot that needs to happen here, and I'm not going to rest until they do something uh, to change this. So that's where I stand with it. Where is that forum, Don, next week in Lackawanna County? It's um, it's at the uh, Lackawanna 911 Center. Okay. That's in uh, uh, Valley View Drive in right. Jessup right. at 7 o'clock. What day? Uh, Wednesday. Okay, next Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's going to be about 35 people in the round table to create the discussion, like the way we usually do it. And then, uh, uh, you know, there's some sitting room that, that people want to sit and listen to it. Uh, it's limited, but it's there. <laughs> yeah, well, anything that we can do in the future and... Any kind of messages that you need to get out? I know that uh, you're, you you have the ear of uh, lawmakers. I know that, um, and I, I think that they respect you, and I think that they've tried to be as responsive as possible. But if there's ever a moment when you think you need the public, let us know because we we know people are standing behind you, Don. And right. uh, again, right. I I just I can't imagine. Um, what you're going through, you're a courageous individual, and it is is so selfless to look out for other people. Well, I, I appreciate that too, and I, I appreciate you. You've been with uh, myself and, and and others since the beginning of our efforts here, since Eric was killed, and you know that we, we have the deepest gratitude for you and all that you've done too. You know, without a doubt. So I I thank you very much. All right. Well, I'll see you up there in Lackawanna County next week, uh, Don Williams. And uh, thanks for telling us about that because that's important. Okay. Well, thank you very much. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.